on forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Focused on Forward. I'm very happy to have Javi and Jessica Madrigal here with me tonight. Uh, so one of the great things is, is that when we do this show, we like to talk with people that have overcome challenges and obstacles in life. And we're going to talk with Javi and Jessica about some of the things that they have done, some of the things that they have overcome uh, in just a couple minutes here. Uh, but before we get too far into this, we have a little bit of business to take care of. First and foremost, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Vital Signs and Graphics out of Nuevo, Michigan. And you can find them on Facebook at Vital Signs Nuevo. Um, if you search for them, look for this logo right there. That's the one. And uh, they'll be able to service any of your design and graphics needs. They'll be able to help you out with that. Uh, so yeah, check them out and talk with Rick. You can give them a call at 231-652-3300. That number again is 231-652-3300. Talk with Rick. He's going to give you a good deal. We'll be sure of that. I'll make sure of that. All right. So um, the next thing is, so one of the, the things you may have seen in the in, in the introductory video there is the reference to the Scene Snobs Network. Now, the Scene Snobs Network is a group that uh, Focused on Forward joined a few weeks back, and uh, they've been a great support to to Focused on Forward, not only because of the work of the Scene Snobs founder, Mick Manhattan, and all he does to, to make sure that uh, this bevy, this troop of, of podcasts has the support they need, but also because of the way that everyone works together within this group. So we try very hard to support one another. Uh, and with that in mind, I'm going to play you a commercial from one of the uh, one of the podcasts on the on the network. This is the Fandom Effect. Take it away, boys. Hey, what's up, everybody? The Bushido Geek here, host of the Fandom Effect podcast. Uh, here with a quick little announcement for you guys. If you're a fan of anything kind of like nerdy or geeky, definitely want to check out my show, the Phantom Effect Podcast. We try to dive into all the different things that you're into and why people are so passionate about it um, between like different guest interviews and just kind of like really fun discussions from like wrestling to video games to anime. We really try to like go in and dive and just try to show that like you know, no matter what you're a fan of, that there's somebody out there that's a fan of it too. And that we all should just kind of help each other out and connect the different fandoms that we're so passionate about. And that's what we like to dive into on the Phantom Effect. You can catch us in new episodes every Friday, every Saturday on the Scene Snobs Network. You can also catch me every Saturday as well on my own, on a different show, Nerdtainment Tonight. But definitely check out the Phantom Effect podcast. I hope you guys enjoy the content we put out. And we'll see you guys soon. All right. That is Mark. He's one of the hosts. Mark and Devin host that show. Um They've been they've been good friends of both this show and our other show, or my other show called uh, the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. They've been a guest on that, and uh, Mark has also been a guest here on Focused on Forward. All right, so that's the business side of things. Now let's deal with the matter at hand. 
All right. So Javi, Jessica, thank you uh, for being patient and thank you for being a guest here on Focused on Forward. Absolutely. We are super excited to be here. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've been looking forward to this. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I'm excited to have a conversation with you guys tonight. Now, the, so for you guys uh, listening at home, the reason why I wanted Javi and Jessica here is that they have endured as a family uh, um, some health struggles of not only for Javi, but also one of their daughters um, and handling, uh, there's been some heart issues. I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of their daughters has an autoimmune issue. Um, and so there, there's a lot of challenges that they've had to overcome. And so uh, I'm going to turn the microphone over here to Javi and Jessica, and they're going to tag team their story and uh, how they got not only what happened, but how they got through it. And then we're going to, of course, talk about how they have moved forward with life. So take it away, guys. Tell us about Javi and Jessica. All right. Yeah. Th thank you so much. Uh, I, I really appreciate, again, you letting us uh, share our story. Um, but uh, yeah, my name is Javi and I've been fighting heart disease since my early 30s. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hereditary thing. And it, my, my, my father has had it. His brothers had it. Uh, it's really prominent in the, in the males of my family. Uh, and unfortunately it, it took my dad at age 48. I was a teenager at that time. And then his brother a, f a few years later. Um, and, uh, you know, I grew up knowing that this was a possibility, you know, and sure enough, uh, yeah, I started showing signs of, of this in my late twenties and then started finally was diagnosed in my mid thirties. So, uh, I, you know, just a, you know, a quick rundown, you know, I, I've had, I've had it all. It seems like with, with heart events and, um, uh, you know, just, uh, all the, all the different life-saving things. I had my first set of stents, you know, at age, uh, 38. And then a, oh, few wow. years, a few years later, I had, uh, when I was 40 years old, I had a quadruple bypass. Um, you know, and I, I, the thing is, is in what I've discovered in this fight it is the people's attitude. You know, I, I would go to rehab um, after my heart procedure and a lot of the people are quite elderly, but the, Unfortunately, I find people that have been stuck. They don't know what the, their life is going to look like. They don't know who they are anymore. And quite honestly, especially after my bypass surgery, um, I, I got stuck there for a little while too. I've always been uh, a, a fighter, you know. Um, I, 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 I grew up uh, in, I, in a well, very, in Stockton. Yeah, in, in Stockton, <laughs> California. And, and, not, not in the best, uh, environment. And, uh, but I've always tried to th see things optimistically. Uh, and despite of all those things that were coming against me, I want, I wanted to fight back. So I wasn't willing to accept that my life was over. And unfortunately, a lot of people, when they're stricken with heart disease, um, they, they don't know how to find their way back to life. They, they've been given life back, but a lot of times 
they fall apart and the relationships around them fall apart. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I struggled. I tried all kinds of different things. I tried, you know, I was, I was, I've always been an active person. Matter of fact, you know, most of the time early on, uh, these symptoms, I caught these symptoms, uh, while I was working out and, and because being in tune with my body, I kind of knew something was wrong. And that those things saved my life. Those things kept me from a, a heart attack, it, I, you know, just in time. Uh, okay. There have been times along this journey that I should have, I shouldn't have made it. But because of my attitude and the actions I did take, um, it's, it, it saved me. And, but the disease is very, it's been very aggressive. I have a very aggressive form of this disease. I've taken all kinds of all kinds of pills. I've had more stents after my bypass. Yeah, he's up at number 10 now on yeah. the stent list. Um, uh, you know, wow. Few, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, a few years ago, um, about 2017. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going I'm going to hit to work, headed to work, actually arrive at work. And I, you know, I knew something just wasn't right. And Finally, I just had a coworker. Hey, just can you run me to the hospital? And um, and there I was again with, in the ER, and I was very frustrated. I I, I with everything that was thrown at me. Mm -hmm. um, we have a very strong faith, and that's what's really got us through. And sure. in that moment, I really struggled. I was struggling there with my faith and with what I was doing. And, um, you know, I just, I just tried to try to, I, I sat there thinking, what else do I need to do? What is it that I need to do? I'll, at this point, I'll, I'll eat cardboard. And, um, and then just, you know, just when I said that this doctor walks in and he, he sees my, he's looking at my chart before he comes in, sees all, everything I had done. And, uh, he looks at me when he walks in, he's like, wow, I was expecting to see a whole different person than the person that's looking at me. You know, you've been really through it. And uh, so we had a small discussion about what was happening. My At this point, three years ago, my graphs that I had um, were also starting to plaque. They were starting to plug up. Tell them what graphs are. Um, so in a bypass surgery, in case you don't know, um, they, they have to take, they har harvest other arteries from your leg. Oh yeah. Okay. They open you up there and they take that out and they put healthy ones and they bypass the disease. And so I had that done in four different places of my heart. Well, three years ago, uh, those were starting to give me problems. They were starting to fail. And so that really freaked me out. I'm like, well, you know, what more do I need to do? And this doctor just sat and talked to me about his story with his wife and she had rheumatoid arthritis and they were a type of people that were like me that didn't take necessarily no for an answer. They didn't want to be on all the medications. They, they knew that there had to be something more to live with. Mm -hmm. Sure. So he really got my attention and he told me his story and what kind of lifestyle they switched to their nutrition and, and things like that and how she turned it around. And then he was an internal medicine doc and, 
and you know, he found himself very frustrated, not being able to really find the answers or find help for her. And he, he introduced me to this book. And then three days later, well, the whole three days I was in the hospital every day, he would come to my, the cardiac unit, um, and which wasn't his unit. And he would spend about an hour with me and kind of just help me figure this out and why he thought that this was going to be the best route for me. That's awesome. Uh, though. And, uh, yeah, nobody, I mean, doctors don't do that. They, right. just, they just don't like yeah. go out of their way like that. And, and, and it was so cool. And so we went home and we, we read the book, but we, we changed our lifestyle. We changed our lifestyle to a plant-based, uh, uh, way of eating. And that was really hard for me to accept because I've always been a meat eater. I've always, you know, even though I've been, I thought I was eating healthy, I still ate, you know, I ate, uh, meat and, and I still, dairy and, and I, I, and yeah. yeah, dairy, salt, sugars. And I try to maintain those things, but I never really ruled it out of my, my lifestyle. Sure. And until this moment, I decided, well, I'm all in on everything. I'm just going to do it and let's see what happens. And then in six months, Gosh, not, less than that. Yeah. Like less four than months. I, I dropped, I dropped 40, 50 pounds. Um, my results, those results that uh, I have my, my test results, my lipid levels. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, I've, because I, you know, I used to be in the gym at least five, six days out of a week, hours and hours every day. Um, the medications, I had piles of different types of medications. I saw, I even saw like a scientist, a lipidologist scientist that just created this cocktail for me to try to knock down my, my uh, bad cholesterol. And nothing really, I mean, I saw some results. I saw some yeah. lowering, but not enough to slow this disease. Everything would progress. And then, but I, four months after into this eating lifestyle, things just switched and the numbers were super low. My doctors were shocked. Yeah. They were like, we've never seen numbers this low. What is it that you're doing? And we told them, hey, you know, hey, doc, you told me I needed to change it. I needed to eat like a rabbit. So guess what? That's what I did. And he was like, <laughs> wait a second, you, you, you actually did that? Nobody does that, right? Nobody so, listens to the doctor. Right. Well, one of the things that happened too is, um, you know, he's been on every medication. He's statin resistant. So he can't even take the, the statins because yeah. they rip his muscles apart and they actually don't even lower his cholesterol. So it, they just don't work. So he's actually been on a, on a medication called Rapatha for a while. And he had started that right when we started plant-based eating. And so he came in and anybody who knows what LDL numbers look like, you know, under 70 is where the sweet spot is. They want you under 70. So you're not plaquing. Um, but like the national standard is like a hundred. He was at 14. And his doctor was like, maybe we don't need to have you on that medication. Uh, your, your eating seems to be doing it. So they took him off of the Rapatha for like nine months. And, you know, he got, he climbed back up a little bit. Um, so they, you know, up to about a hundred just with plants. Okay. No medication, but keep in mind his med his cholesterol when he first was diagnosed because he has familial hyperlipidemia, that genetic high cholesterol, his, oh, yeah. his, his total cholesterol was over 500. So bringing that down to a hundred, with just eating was a miracle in itself. But they said, you know what? We want you under 70. So they put him back on the Rapatha because we figured that the combination of the two was what was doing it. 
Um, but it was really cool to see without any medication that the med that the nutrition was really doing it because we'd been on every diet, like every diet and then working out wasn't doing it and medication alone wasn't doing it. So it was just one of those things where it was, we finally found this combination, but we had to keep trying and looking and doing and be willing to do the next new thing that we needed to do. Like he said, it was really hard for us to switch to that nutrition, but we were like, well, you know, what's harder is that we keep going back to the hospital and thinking you're going to die. Right. So mm, what's harder, you know? Right. And so yeah. that was, that was the moving forward part of that because we were just like, well, who cares at this point? Like what, whatever we need to do. And yeah, it's, it's, there's been some sacrifices and it's, it hasn't been the easiest thing we ever did, but I'll tell you our quality of life and our level of worry has completely changed since then. Yeah. And so, you know, um, since then we, we felt this calling put on to us that was, um, you know, cause we've been, we have been through it just with, at this mm -hmm. point with just my heart disease. And right. uh, I, I, I was talking to other people, you know, through casually through whether it's at the doctor's office or cardiac rehab, actually the doctor said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I wish more people would do exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I w walked away from that thinking, well, I don't want anybody to go through the last decade like I have. And right. I wish somebody would have told me sooner yeah, exactly. and helped me. Mm -hmm. And, and so we went on this, this, we started researching and figure out, okay, what is it? Is it just me or is it other people like this? Oh yeah. And we started seeing a need there that were people didn't, they would leave their doctor's office and feel their cardiologist after they've had an event or they've been diagnosed and not know really know what to do or who they were. Uh, they have instructions from their doctor, but how do they stay on track? How do they get into that headspace? Yeah. Especially after having such a traumatic issue uh, thing happen to them, they're caught up there in that emotional space where they're stuck. How do they get unstuck? So we developed um, a, a uh, foundation and that foundation is its mission to fill that gap between mm -hmm. doctor and patient, right? To help the patients to comply with the, what the doctors are saying. The best thing for you is this, this, and this exercise new, better nutrition. Mm -hmm. But first there's this thing that, no one's addressing. It's like this elephant in the room. No one wants to really talk about. Okay. It's, it's the stuff that you go through that it's the fight in the, in, in the person that desperately wants to come out, but they really don't know where to right. go, what, how to do it. And there's so, not that follow. I mean, the doctors can't follow them around and walk alongside them and hold their hand and help right. them make sure that they're okay. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually speaking. I mean, they can't, even if they wanted to. So there's nothing there like helping people with heart disease to live through. It's like a form of PTSD to live through anything, but that you're facing your mortality. Your, your family is facing sure. your mortality. <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, so our, our nonprofit really comes alongside these people and, and we, we really want to go crazy with it and like develop all these programs, lot, but helping families and right. helping those people. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of times the, the doctors are only treating the patient, right? They only, really trying to put a bandaid on, on it, whether it's, you know, bypass a stent with medication, whatever, but it's really the patient's responsibility to take it from there. But there with, especially with heart disease, 
there's problems in the home that aren't being addressed. There's problems mm-hmm. with your support system. Maybe you don't even have a support system. Right. Um, so we're trying to help that. We're trying to help people create a support system, maybe get rid of some of the things that are holding them back in life. And so they can move forward with a better and more fulfilling life. And have um, hope. I mean, really, I mean, it's a lot of people just don't realize what's possible. They don't have hope. They don't have any reason to feel that there's hope. Um, they, they, they're mourning and grieving their life that they thought they were going to have. Right. Me, all of the things, was it me? Did I do something wrong? Um, heart disease doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care whether you did something wrong or, or didn't. People have had heart attacks and died right on the spot and have no risk factors whatsoever. Right. People have lived till they're 95 and smoke like a chimney and never have heart disease. I don't right. know. Like it's it's the stuff that that people really go through mentally and emotionally when they get this. And um, we felt strongly at one point, um, you actually were in bed um, <laughs> with meniscus surgery yeah. and you were kind of cornered and he woke up, God really just like gave him this calling in that moment. He woke up in the middle of the night and he just looked at me and he's like, oh no, give me a pad of paper. And he just, yeah. he started writing all these ideas about what we were going to do for heart disease and all these people. And he just like, I feel like we're called to do this, babe. And from that point on, we just felt like that was what we were supposed to do. And uh, we just went after it. And so we, we've started our nonprofit. We have a group coaching program. We've seen tremendous results with our clients. And um, it's really, it's a, it's a big lift because most people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address yeah. it in this community, but it's one of the biggest needs we've ever seen. And everyone we've talked to has been like, you guys don't realize that this needs to happen. This needs to happen. I mean, in, and, but what the, but what's also happened is that we've done a tremendous amount of constantly something, something doesn't work. Try the next thing. Something doesn't work. Keep trying. And and really that hasn't, it hasn't changed. We're always having to find ourselves pivoting, man. When, when, uh, when COVID happened, you know, the popular word was pivot, right? A sure. lot of, we're like, we're on already on that train. <laughs> yeah, so, we're always yeah. pivoting. You guys were pivoting so much. You were just spinning. You were doing pirouettes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, when we first started this, uh, this mission and the foundation, and we started really digging in another pivot point came where, you know, we have two, we have, I have older kids, uh, older adult kids, kids, but uh, we also have, uh, twin girls and, uh, right in the middle of this, the start of this, um, my, one of my daughters started getting sick. She had this cough. No, actually she, no, she she had had her her knee knee, injury first. Yeah. All of a sudden her, her knee just locked up. And, you know, when she was little, there were some weird things that would happen now and then. Sometimes she was had some uncontrollable uh, little you know, leg little, tremors. And-, and we asked the doc and they, they're like, we don't know. Probably mm-hmm. nothing. And but then this night, this one night. When she was eight knee, years old at the time. Yeah, her knee locked up. And finally, she kind of was ex- able to extend it, but it, it kind of popped back into place. And she was just late on the couch. She didn't do anything. She wasn't running around or hit okay. herself or anything. It, she just was sitting on the couch and went to go get up. And she, she was in pain. Like a lot of pain. And, yeah. and it wouldn't go away. And, and So a week later, she's like screaming in pain at this point. And so we're taking her to the ER. And what happened was is they took her yeah. through 
the gamut of things. They're like, okay, let's try this medication. Let's try to get her pain down with this. I mean, they were trying everything you would normally try. And by the time they got to morphine, they were like, okay, we're going to sedate her to try to break a pain cycle that she must be in. Now we're thinking this must be something like connective tissue disorder. I wonder if we, let's see if we can break the pain cycle with like a sedation. So they actually went as far as sedating her to try to figure out why she was screaming in pain and they couldn't relieve it. They couldn't, they did scans. Nothing was wrong with her knee, by the way. They did all of that, that they couldn't figure out why. And okay. so they sedate her. And immediately when she wakes up from a four hour sedation, she's right back in pain and they couldn't break the pain cycle. So um, they hmm. said, okay, we don't know what kind she has yet, but, um, and we still don't know by the way, uh, cause genetics takes so long. Um, but, and this was like a, well, a couple years ago now, anyway, she, uh, she has connective tissue disorder um, and hypermobility and um, amplified pain syndrome. And on top of asthma, on top, on top of asthma <laughs> yeah. and she also has vocal cord dysfunction. So during the next several months, we went through that. She actually was admitted that day and she was in the hospital for four days where we went through all the training and she went through all the recovery of just even being able to be released um, without screaming. She was she went into this vocal pain cycle where she was like expressing her pain to even function, to even deal with it. And it was just the most intense, confusing um, thing we've ever been through. And we really had to have a lot of faith during that. Well, and uh, I mean, we really had to, and moving forward in that, in those moments, uh, I would say we're actually harder than the heart disease. Yeah, it, it was, it was because I, now I'm, I'm watching my child go through pain that it's, a, it's the helpless be. feeling as a parent. Yes, oh, it's the worst. Abs absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And because you now I, I think about that with my own experience going through my heart issues. Yeah, it was, it was hard. Um, there was times where, uh, it, you, you as a man you feel a little emasculated when there's things that you can't do and you you know um you know and, and there's a lot of different emotions and things that you go through uh while going through hard issues right uh but then when your child is in the hospital and your child is sick and it's mm -hmm. out of your control there's nothing you can do you're relying upon somebody else um yeah i would have rather gone through all my hard stuff twice than than have to deal with anything <laughs> that was going on with my daughter mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, absolutely. And we're still we're still doing I mean it's, you know, this is on this is going to be ongoing and and something that we have found out because it is autoimmune as you know, it, it's forever. Um mm -hmm. but it was she was in PT a, a couple of days ago and we had the greatest thing happen her um uh, she had a new PT uh therapist and um she just for that day she was standing in and she said, "You know, I have connective tissue disorder. I I have hypermobility." She go and this is a 31-year-old like she's ripped. This girl is like clearly a trainer and she's like the cutest thing, but she's just like super healthy and everything. I would never have known she had hypermobility. You really couldn't tell her joints weren't like, you know, overextending or anything. And she says, "Hey, listen, I I I'm 31 and I have the same thing you have and I've worked my whole life to overcome this and I have overcome it and I don't have pain anymore. And it was such an amazing moment as a mom to watch somebody just tell my child, look, this is what it could look like. You just have to do the work. Yeah. You have to, you have to focus on forward. Right. And it That's was like, right. almost like the same conversation. And it was just amazing. I just was like, like, I just wanted to shake her and like shove her and shove it into her. Listen to this girl. Like I was like, <laughs> It, it was amazing because that's the stuff we're always trying to tell her, but we didn't go through what she's gone through. We're right. not going through it. And this woman did. And so right. many people with connective tissue disorder and, and as you know, autoimmune, they don't get diagnosed when they're young. They're adults saying, well, big people thought I was a liar and called me a liar my whole life. And I finally was diagnosed. And now my life is just crap because I haven't had a chance to really overcome this. When you're diagnosed as a kid, even though it's a child and it, it's really hard to watch, we keep telling her, you know, it's a blessing because you can really like understand what's going on now and have the opportunity to overcome this so that when you're older, 
you can yeah. have a handle on it. And so this was just uh, just a few days ago. Oh yeah, this was just this week. But also what happened this week before this happened, and this is why I think you felt the way you did and what helped our daughter. We actually, because she's having some issues that she's trying to work around right now. And she's been in pain for like months, months. Yeah. And so we've been going back and forth with the doctors, different types of doctors, different specialists, ruling out this, ruling out that. She actually went to a doctor the other day and I, man, I thought my wife was going to. Light the hospital on fire? Yeah. yeah. The, the doctor actually doouted everything that she had been through. She actually, doubted he battled bag. me on her on her records and actually in front of my daughter said, well, I mean, this could be nothing. Like it's in her head. And yeah, that's where you pack up and you leave. You, you know. I, I was about I had to tell. I, yeah, he had to talk me down. I was like, I, I, talked to you guys. I, I changed doctors. I'd actually brought the I, I asked to talk to the, the, the person, the whatever, the director of the department. I was like, listen, the, this we're not doing this today. I was like, sir, we're not doing this. So I, <laughs> he kept me down. I stayed down, but it was, you know, and so that happened and I had to go through all of that and it was extremely so draining. Our, our, the doctor was talking like my daughter wasn't even in the room. Yeah. He didn't and, address her like, oh, and, it was and, bad. And just, it was so frustrating That's... when we run into people like this and look, we, we, we love our doctors. We don't, we don't bash our, our, the, the, our medical or, or, or practitioners or anybody. She has a lot of but, great specialists. But, yeah. but sometimes people are people and mm -hmm. they get caught up in whatever mountain they want to protect. And they sometimes ignore the patient. And, and that's exactly what we've been fighting against with on, on the heart disease side. Right. And we didn't realize that we we're going to have to fight this for our child. Mm -hmm. And, and so right. my daughter, she felt defeated. Oh, she was crying. She's now, it was no, bad. now I have doctors not believing me. She was defeated mm -hmm. and you could see it. Mm -hmm. Poor kiddo. And, um, and so when she saw this other gal, this trainer mm -hmm. that actually is beating this disease on a daily basis and that she's thriving with life and she's moving forward with mm -hmm. her life and, yep. and just, she's, she's an example. My, my daughter was actually able to see what her future could actually be, not what these doctors are trying to tell her she is. Mm -hmm. Not and yeah. and and you know that's the thing is is that that's a life lesson because that's not going to be the only time that's going to happen. Yeah, you know. So these um, things are all you know when when you're talking about being focused on forward. It is the daily. It's not like the big, it's when you think about the big things we have to overcome, like we have to have this mindset, we have to have this, and we have to always make sure we're making right. this like the next big step. But it's really the small stuff when, when that kind of stuff happens and like jabs you on the side, you get shanked by like some, <laughs> some experience. You're like, ah, <laughs> what? You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. That, Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that that's part of it is that we, we you know, we need to focus on. Uh, when we talk about focus on moving forward and we talk about being focused on forward, part of it is, is the daily. It's, mm. it's very much that. So that actually is one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys tonight. What are some of the things that you guys do on a daily basis to help keep you focused on forward? Well, we have a routine, a morning routine. We actually have to start our day a certain way or we're not able to manage everything. Um, the first thing we do, we get up at 530 in the morning. Um, we do, we read in our Bibles. Um, we take some time for that just individually, just to kind of like not do anything stressful, waking up like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that we work out, 
Um, we make sure we get that in because we will not if we don't do it first thing in the morning. We know ourselves. We tried. We can't do it. We have to do it in the morning. <laughs> so we do that in the morning. We do 30 minutes. That's it. Um, 20 or 30 minutes. And then we actually do our, uh, you were talking about our broadcast this morning. We do our devotional broadcast, which is just is strictly, it's just a devotional broadcast. So it's not like a, our regular show. And we just do that to kind of just get everybody else started the same way in our group and in our followers. Um, and then after that, we move forward with our day. So we, we have our girls start, they have a routine in the morning. They, they get up and they wake up and they have breakfast and things. And they start with, uh, they have homeschool because we've always homeschooled and uh, they have to get showered and everything. So they're following their routine. So routine has helped a lot. So that's sure. number one is doing the things in the morning that we can't, the, the actual things we're doing can help, but also that we're doing the same things that it's routine mm -hmm. that we know what to expect. And we can kind of build our day on that foundation is a, very big deal because there's so much unpredictability in the things that we deal with um, daily that we have to have something predictable, especially for our kids. And so for them to move forward is that's one of the things. Okay. Yeah, and, and, you know, sometimes the life is overwhelming, right? We have so many things coming at us, going doctor's appointments and, and just daily, daily stuff. And we, it's easy to focus on, all that and how it's choking us off because <laughs> sometimes sure. it really chokes us off of, of what's going on. And uh, what I tell a lot of my clients and my kids is, you know, only thing I want you to do today is focus on one thing. You just have to be 1% better than yesterday. And that may sound maybe cliche, but it's worked for us. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's a way that yeah. we, we, we don't, we don't, you know, drown in our, in our sorrow, in our stress. It's the way we fight, we fight our stress. It's the way we fight the, the negative, maybe some negative thoughts are going through our minds that we try to find something good in the day. And even if it's really bad, how, how can we learn from today and apply it to tomorrow so we can be mm -hmm. that 1% better because there's some been some days that just one after another things have happened mm -hmm. and when you're in, in this pain whether it's you know whether you've been fighting heart disease or autoimmune or whatever when you're in physical pain mental pain it's right in front of you you can't we you know we talked to oh, we did this this uh, discussion to our group we were talking about um, this series, we're talking about be, uh, being in a cage. Okay. Yeah. And this cage is all those thoughts that dark place that I talk about where mm -hmm. we're not willing to, we're so locked in the, the gate, the door to the cage is open, but we're so locked in fear. We are not even willing to walk out and try something new or right, think of yeah. possibility outside of the cage. Because if we step out of the cage, I'm not familiar with outside of the cage, so I'm not gonna go there. Yeah. And we we become we become uh too familiar with that pain, yeah. too familiar with the the this the, the, the depression and the sorrow. 
And uh, we talked about the comfort, you know, everybody talks about being outside your comfort zone. Um, but one of the things we've talked about a lot too on when we've done some of these trainings is being in the familiar zone, because that's even worse right. than the comfort zone. Like I'm not even in it because it's comfortable. I'm just in it because it's familiar. It could even right. not be comfortable at all. It could be the worst thing, but it's familiar. So here we are. And uh, it's just, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, we really focus on um, instead of focusing on what, how this can't work, it's how can this work? So even down to when we're eating the way we're eating, you know, well, I, I want a burger. Well, it's not like, oh, I can't have a burger. I can't have a burger. I can't. No, it's, well, I want a burger and I'm not willing to accept that I can't have one. So I'm going to go find a healthy version of that and I'm going to have one. And so right. I'm, find I, the alternative way. I find an alternative way to do the healthier thing. And that's one of the ways that we always focus on forward because, and our kids learn the same thing. It's like, well, how can I make this work? How can this work? What's another way? We just innovate. And yeah. have to, it's like, I just always want to get around the rule. Yeah. And, and and that could be a bad way. Just always be wanting to get around. I'm kind of a rebel, but I was like, you know, I've channeled that into always getting around the the, the temptation now instead of mm -hmm. to, to kind of like fall back, but move forward instead in how can I make that work? You know, yeah. in my new healthier version of either me or my life or my situation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's like anything else. You can use your power for evil or you can use your power for good. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you sounds like you're choosing to use your, your powers for good. So, uh, you know, one of the things I always tell people, too, is that when we were going through the, the depths of everything with my daughter and, and even myself and, um, you know, you, you can't take on all the lions at once. You have to kind of compartmentalize things and say, OK, because if you try to do that, especially when you're already emotionally drained, when you're already uh, you know, physically drained, spiritually drained and all those other things, because, because you have all these things coming at you. If, if you don't compartmentalize and take on things one at a time, mm -hmm. and that's a hard lesson to learn because you have this come at you and you want to take it, you have this come at you and you want to take it and you want to handle this and this. But unfortunately, uh, we've already spent our energies on these other things. So yeah. you have to pick one, take that, you know, wrestle it down to the mat, get that one done move on to the next. That's and a that's, good analogy. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Wrestle it down to the mat. Is right. Yeah. It's, it's a hard lesson. Um, and it takes time, you know, and, and, but unfortunately when you're in these situations where you're dealing with autoimmune issues, where you're dealing with heart disease issues and, and these things that uh, you're packing up like luggage and taking with you for the rest of your life, you might as well get used to fighting with them and, and figuring out how to do it. So I like the, the mindset that you guys have about, well, you know what, it's not that I can't have this, I just need to find a healthy way to do this. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and I love that. I love the, uh, you're not gonna hold me down attitude uh, out of both of you, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things I wanna talk about, cause we've kind of, we've kind of um, hinted around at it, we've talked about it briefly, but uh, to make sure that we we get this all in in time, let's talk about the foundation that you guys started, the, the Underdog Ninja Foundation. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. What you know, we've talked about what some of the things that you're doing. Uh, and while you guys are talking about it, I'm going to do a screen share so that people can see what it looks like. Awesome. Yeah. So first of all, the name and how we came up with our name underdog, obviously, you know, we, we, it's that underdog spirit. When, when you're, when you have a, a heart disease and you're, you're fighting for your life, you really <laughs> feel like that underdog. And that's the, the space that, People are in, but they have that fighter mentality inside of them. They're that underdog mentality. Um, and so that's where we we try to get people to, or if they are, or if they're not already there. Um, but the ninja side is the mastery, is the life, is the way that we 
master the um, the life through this journey of heart disease. And it, you do really have to ninja your way out of it. And you have to uh, pivot. You have to change. You have to adapt to your environment and figure out what, if this doesn't work, well, what's, what's a better way to do it? Or how can we improve? Um, so that's what the, the name was born out of. Yeah. But go ahead, then. Well, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, we really do. Yeah, we have all of our stuff like with nutrition and fitness. Um, you know, we definitely have stances on those things. We've both been trained as personal trainers. I used to be a massage therapist. Um, we're we're always, um, you know, reeducating ourselves on things further, like doing nutritionist stuff. And, and, and anyway, we're doing all of those things. So we add that in as an aspect of the practicality of how do we fight heart disease. But really, our biggest goal, especially with the foundation, is to make sure we fill that gap of what is not being addressed. It's that mental and emotional, like, you know, gap that nobody is helping people with that and their families and their caregivers, spouses, things like that. It's like, there's just such a huge dark cloud over people and, and families. And there's so much divorce happening over just heart disease. I say just heart disease, but you, you know, normally we assume that like medical issues would bring people together, like, oh, we're fighting this together. But I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times we see people getting divorced over this type of thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's not like they even had issues before. It's just, this is too much. They don't understand how to deal with it. The person changes. Just the other day we heard of, of, of this one couple where he just changed so much that they just, he wasn't even the same person anymore. And they ended up getting divorced. Um, there's way too much not being addressed. So our foundation, I really want to address that alongside all of the things that, you know, of course, fighting heart disease, what do I eat? What do I do with my staying active stress management, um, things like that. And, and we're, we're also, we talk about, well, if we're going to fill that gap, we, there's this other side we have to address. What are, what are the needs that, what are the doctors saying? What is it that, um, they wish that their patients would do or um, had available. Or, right. And really, you know, w because we do reach out to other cardiologists and other practitioners in wellness altogether, whether mm -hmm. they're therapists, whether they're chiropractors, uh, you know, physical therapists, personal trainers, whatever, what is it that they're seeing out there? And, you know, I, we recently talked to a, 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 a really top notch cardiologist and, you know, he's, he says, you know, unfortunately, you know, they, you know, the doctors, they, they, they go, they're, they're educated, obviously in their craft and they are focused on that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to that, that personal touch, the, the, the human to human type thing, that's often forgotten. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they see these things every day. Mm -hmm. And so they're very methodical about that. And how can we break that? How can we help them to see where the patients are mm -hmm. so the so they could actually better treat their patients? So we are doing that. We reach out to them. We actually encourage and mm -hmm. want to. We're we're really wanting the that uh, we're really wanting the medical industry, the wellness industry of all sorts, psychologists especially, because we were talking about the emotional space. Have them get involved with our. Um, our nonprofit and contribute to, we, like you said, we, we have our membership. Our membership has all these resources in it. We also have a free group. So we're, we're, we're reaching out to all these different organizations and, mm -hmm. and uh, around the world. And by the way, that that's the other thing is an amazing thing to me because 
here in the United States, we do have cardiac therapy available to us mostly. Right. But in other parts of the world, they don't even have it. They that. don't even have it. Yeah. And so we've been talking to people and helping people in different parts of the world that don't have that available to them. Um, not that we're our cardiac therapists, but we can give them tools and help them take to take some sort yeah, of action. At least know what to do moving forward. Right. I mean, you know, it's, there's there's people that have heart attacks for all kinds of reasons. We have a client who doesn't have any risk factors except stress, and she had a heart attack just based on stress. It was no blockages. There was no, she had vasospasms. I mean, it's a okay. type of heart attack. So there's all these different things that can be addressed. And, uh, you know, we want to bring together that, like you said, the wellness community around heart disease people, the, the patients and the families, and so that they can get educated on how can we all come together and really improve the life so that people, the life of these people, so they can have a full life, a, a, a optimal level of life, the you know, the, and thrive really instead of just surviving. We want people to know they have a purpose, they have a they have a reason to be living, and really go after something instead of just saying, "Well, I just survived, and here this is it." You yeah, know? here it is. You know, I, this is how I how I suffer through the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and another reason why I wanted to talk to you guys tonight is that your story reminds me a lot of a, another uh, gentleman I had on. Uh, he, uh, his name is Jory Prajinsky and he runs a, a company or an institute rather, a foundation rather called uh, Hope Instilled. And so his mission and what he was doing is a lot similar to what you guys do. Uh, so he deals with uh, like chronic pain and chronic illness and, and, and giving people the educational pieces that they need, much like what you guys are talking about. You know, there's the, there's the part between what the doctor tells you and what you, how you implement it. And so Jory uh, does a lot of the same thing with chronic pain and chronic illness because he had a lot of back issues and multiple back surgeries. And, you know, uh, it's yeah. it's quite the okay. quite the story that he has. But that's another thing I liked about you guys is that, um, you know, the things that I saw on your website and the things that I see from you guys is, is that you guys are helping to fill that gap between the knowledge bases and yeah. the and and the action. And I think that that's a very important it's a it's the missing piece uh, of the puzzle on, on how to accomplish things. And so I wanted to uh, not only say and give you guys a chance to come on tonight and, and talk about that, but also to say thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, I think it's important that there are people who are willing to do what you guys do. I think it's important that there are, are people who are not just that because that they've gone through it, but it's clear that you guys have also educated yourself about this topic. And it's not just something that you, you know, you read out of the backside of a, a book cover, Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. you know, yeah, totally. uh, so no, I just want to say thank you for doing that. Um, but I have a couple more questions for you, uh, before we run out of time here. Um, cause we only have an hour. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I could honestly, I, I think I could talk with you guys for a couple hours uh, you guys are pretty, mm -hmm. pretty easy to talk with and pretty easy to talk, uh, to. And so that's always helpful. Um, but I do have a couple questions that I ask every single guest. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, since there's two of you, you can each answer it or you can, you can flip a coin and you'll let one of you answer. I don't care. Uh, either, oh, settle it like adults. Perfect. All right. Okay. So, um, my first question is looking back over the entirety of your experiences, what's the greatest single lesson that you have learned? Hmm. Greatest sound. There's so many. Hmm. The greatest single lesson I've ever learned. This is 
I, I couldn't have picked one and it just came to me. So okay. I, I know that it's it. The greatest single lesson I've ever learned is that adversity is only a footstool up to the next thing. There is no such thing as something that can hold you down because you get to decide. That's it. See, you took my answer. I <laughs> <laughs> she just took it. She didn't even rock, paper, scissor you for no. it. I know. <laughs> you know fine, how this works. Fine. <laughs> fight, fight. Because uh, every other lesson I could have given you fits under that. Okay. Right. And, and really has, um, it's, that's been proven out in our life, you know, totally. it, it, it really has. Um, and we, we just, we always look, we, we've, we're okay. We're recovering perfectionists. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> but, but we, yeah. we, um, we're fixers. We're the types of people that want if there's a problem, we want to fix it. Mm -hmm. And there are some days that we, we wrestle all the lions <laughs> and we can't fix it. Yeah. And it bugs the hell out of us. Yeah. And, and I and, get that. But, but we, we try to get back the next day. Yeah, see, yeah. Okay. What, how can we look one at this differently? At mm -hmm. You know, we, 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 we've learned one of the things we've learned is that there's a million ways to skin a cat. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's not just one way we let's try this. If this doesn't work, let's try that. And, and what, and then sometimes we just have to sit back yep. and just let things kind of settle down to kind of let the dust settle to, mm -hmm. to enable, to enable us to see clearly yeah. because we'll get caught up and let's try this, try that. And we'll get caught up in the emotion and we're not seeing what's right in front of us because the dust is all up. Yeah. And yeah. and I think sometimes that's that's also helpful is not only trying different things, but sometimes quiet mm -hmm. and settled, being settled in in, in the, the situation. Like resetting. And it will help us reset. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. Um, those are both good. I like them. We'll use them. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Second question, not to not to unlike the first. Looking back over your journey, what is the greatest piece of advice that you've been given that you still use? Given. Oh, hmm. You might want to talk first, Javi. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> exactly. No, go ahead. I don't have anything. Oh, uh, put no, me on the spot. No, no I. I Gosh, you know, so much good advice. You know, mm. I I I would say this. My my mom used to tell me this is she always told me to, again, it may sound cliche, but shoot for the stars and settle on the moon. Sometimes go ahead and shoot for everything, every possibility and everything that you want in the <laughs> world shooting mm -hmm. high, but it's okay to settle on the moon. It's okay to, to, to be there because look, we tell our, our, our people this all the time. Look, if you set, if you shoot your goals here, mid-level, okay. If you shoot to, for moderation, yeah. by the way, that's, I hate that word because <laughs> that's what's preached to uh, a lot of us fighting heart disease. This is an aggressive disease, by the way, it's going to kill you <laughs> if you right. don't, if you don't get a handle on it, it it's very painful. It's the, 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 intervention to save your life is aggressive. Isn't moderate. <laughs> and it's not moderate. <laughs> right. yet, yet people are telling you to approach this moderately. So I hate that word, 
But, right, but you need to be aggressive true. with it because it's going to be aggressive with yes, you. Yes, exactly. You can't, you can't fight a forest fire with a squirt bottle. <laughs> so, so how does that apply? How does shoot for the stars, settle on the moon, uh, uh, apply to this? It applies if I if I shoot for just moderation. I live my life moderately. That means when I can't that that's my ceiling. Then I'm gonna let hit less than moderate yeah. and less right. than moderate is not going to help right. me live a happy and fulfilling life. The only way I'm going to see my goals, my dreams, my hopes all fulfilled is shooting for the stars, looking for the looking, always looking for the possibility of, mm-hmm. uh, of doing everything that. Yeah. That I, I mean, the, the stars are what makes you uncomfortable. If you're not, if, if you're not uncomfortable with the things you're trying to ac- accomplish, they're not big enough. Because here's, it's not that we're always trying to be bigger and better about everything. Right. It's that he's right. That you're, you hit the, the nail on the head because I, I, that's not advice that I received personally, but that's how I live too, is that my standards are always really high because I know, I know myself and we're human and mm-hmm. we're going to fall short of that because life happens. Things get in the way. We get sick, whatever. Yeah. And you're never going to accomplish exactly like the, the level that you really want to go after. So you got to get higher than yeah. what, than what's acceptable to you. Obviously I had, I have a fashion, a fashion fascination for space right you know (laughs) whether it's make-believe or real life so i you know i my daughter and i really geek out on watching uh spacex and some of the things that they're doing there yeah and and but think about all those people they're trying to do the impossible all the innovation that's gone into that Mm -hmm. you know we we were watching live when they they the land they landed the latest rover on Mars and mm-hmm. what it was able to do and we we're fascinated. I was showing my daughter, look what they're able to do. And we went back to see the steps and the failures. Look how many failures that and they're still happening, mm-hmm. but they continue to move forward. Yeah. They continue to press forward for a mission yeah. to go to Mars mm-hmm. and to be able to. Go back and forth and do the the impossible, yeah. and that's really what we try to take in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, whether it's it's the big dream or it's the, the getting through thing. the day. <laughs> you know, you t- you bring up a good thing because uh, a good point. Um, the actual advice I have received personally is that fail forward. And yeah. most people, I didn't understand that for a very long time is actually failing forward, which is, is like focused on forward. But it's it's expect if you're not failing, you're not doing enough. Meaning right. Uh, you have to can if you have to be doing something in order to even fail. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So if you're if you're failing, then you're doing something. You're moving. Always keep in motion so that you know you just keep going. Just fail again, then fail it. And now I know what I know I shouldn't be doing. Okay, now that doesn't work. I know it doesn't work. They didn't invent the telephone with three tries. <laughs> right. It's like four thousand ways to not invent the telephone. You know. Right. That's, so so that's that's one of the failure. Failure is a good thing. It's yeah. not to be feared. Absolutely. Failure is a good thing. Yeah. All right, so we have got just a couple minutes left here. I want to make sure that we uh, folks know how to contact you guys, reach out to you uh, if they're interested in finding out more about uh, uh, Underdog Ninja Foundation and what you guys are doing and and uh, how to get information from you. So, what are the best ways for people to be able to contact uh, you guys? Absolutely. So our website's www.underdogninja.org. Um, our free group, um, you can join or you can check it out. It's on Facebook. So it'd be facebook.com backslash groups backslash underdog ninja foundation. 
Um, let's see. Well, everything's really on our website. Um, as far as this information about what we're doing, I guess the only thing that's not on there right now is we're building our board. That's something we're currently doing. So anybody who's interested in being on the board for this foundation, um, you know, we're still looking for, uh, several, um, positions, treasurer, secretary, um, committee chair, director of programs. These are things that we're still trying to fill currently. Um, this is a volunteer basis, uh, keep in mind, but this is something we're definitely looking at doing. We have really big plans for the foundation. Um, I definitely don't even, I'm not going to go into that right now, but we, we have plans to, um, to do a lot and we need a good team of people. And so that's, that's getting put together right now. We already have some amazing people on board, but uh, uh, that's where you can get a hold of us. Uh, again, our free group. Uh, my email is jessica at underdogninja.org if you want to contact me. And that's it. Yeah. And, you know, um, we, we recently started um, our, our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, there's not much on there right now because it's just brand new. Uh, but we are there. That's going to be growing. We're, we're, where we'll put, we'll put the things that we're talking about today. That that mindset piece. We we posted some some recipes, um, cooking and, stuff, and yep. we'll we'll put some fitness things up there here soon too. So that's something that's uh, in the future um, where we're where we're going to. So um, definitely. Yeah. And you're going to be, you'll see a show from us, a new show from us soon too. So yeah, there's things in the works to, uh, to just be doing and helping and trying to serve the heart disease community. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Excellent. So as a reminder for you guys, uh, underdogninja.org, that's where you're going to want to go. If you take a look at the screen here, there's not only uh, an opportunity for you to email them, there's a contact information there uh, on their homepage. If you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a contact us tab please click that tab. You'll have the opportunity to email them or you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and of course now the brand new YouTube channel. So some exciting ways for, for us to, to contact you guys. So uh, again, uh, Javi, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on Focused on Forward today. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your daughter's story. And uh, just want to say that uh, I appreciate when people are able to come on here and, and share these, these, very personal things that you guys have gone through, uh, but you guys shared it with a, a very nice set of grace uh, and and openness and honesty. So thank you so much. Uh, right, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. I appreciate you, Tim. All right, guys, that's going to conclude us today for Focused on Forward, the live edition. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcast FOF through our Facebook page named Focused On Forward or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay Focused On Forward.